Mm -hmm. Like I got fired because um, I was called a page, like P-A-G-E. And the job that I had was basically putting away books. That was my job. So then, like, how could you get fired from that? Because I was too slow. So, like, basically what happened is, like, they put me in. Okay, so everybody at the library was responsible for putting away books. Every page, at least, at the library is responsible for putting away books in a certain section. So they gave me the kids section. And I had the kids section, and, like, instead of putting them away, like, I would put them away, you know, but I would read them first. Mm. I, would, I would be putting oh, wow. away so books, you'd be reading and I'd be and... reading the books. Because it was boring, and so I would have to keep myself awake and stuff, you know? Yeah. So, at first they put me on, like, a probation, and they were like, you know, you're going too slow. We have to ask you to, like, speed up or whatever. And they, they paired me up with the girl who apparently went fast. Like, they said she went fast putting away books. So they're like, we're going to show you, like, we're going to pair you up, like, let's call her Ashley. We're going to pair up with Ashley, and, you know, she knows how to put away books really fast, and we're going to, like, put you with her. And they put me with her, and she was just putting away books. Like, she wasn't doing anything special, you know what I mean? Like, she was just putting them away. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess I could put them away. But putting them away books was just very boring. So I was like, <clears throat> I'd rather read them. So you read them as you put them up, mm -hmm. and that's why you're going as slow as you're going. Mm -hmm. I knew it too. Like I knew it. that's why I was going so slow, and I was just like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know how else to go because it was just boring. It was a library. Like it was quiet. Yeah, I was like, how do you get fired from that? Right. That's, it was. That's it was so boring. Crazy. It was. It was quiet. There was nobody talking. I can like you know look over and talk to my coworkers or anything like that because yeah your coworkers weren't around you like you were just like literally doing one thing by yourself and your coworker was like in a whole other section so no that's honestly the best thing that could have happened to you it's like micromanaging at its finest like you're in a library out of all places yeah so for it to be that extreme like you think you'd be working like a corporate job Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Single Dog Mom. I am your host, Shayna, and of course, never too far from me is my co-host, my four-year-old French Bulldog, Luke. Um, all right, so in that Anything Goes combo, you may have noticed a different voice. Um, I decided to switch it up a little bit this time, and um, I, I was having a conversation with a, a friend. So... Um, in that conversation, we were... You know what? And unfortunately, only like six minutes of our combo saved, but we had like a 30 minute conversation about different things. But unfortunately just that part saved, but it's cool. It's cool. Um, well, I'll see if we could try to get him back on at some point, but yeah, we, I was telling him about the time that I got fired from the library and, um, he was telling me about like, you know, times that he'd quit jobs and stuff like that. So yeah, Basically, my mom got me that job at the library. I, I didn't really even want it. I was 17 years old. I didn't care that much. You know, I was just like, oh, God, I have to now I have to go to work because I was kind of enjoying not having a job, you know. Um, and so it was like one of those situations. So I was like, I didn't care anyway. And then it's like they give me the most boring job ever, which is like, I wish they would have put me at the front. You know what I mean? At the front where I could like help people check out books and talk to people. But they put me in a job where I was like working by myself and it was so boring. So yeah, got fired. Can't say that. Um, I think the only thing that I learned from that job is that I cannot work. It's not that I cannot work alone. It's that I cannot work and be bored. You know what I mean? 
Um, because if I'm bored, I'm just like, probably just not going to work. Um, anyway, so the reason that I was thinking about that is because you know how like all of a sudden just some random event from the past pops up in your head just randomly and it's just like living rent free, just thinking about it for however long. So that's what was happening to me. So I guess, okay, so this will happen. I was thinking about, um, this guy that I used to work with. And I was wondering how, like, how could he have recovered from getting fired? Like, you know, it was, it was really bad. And I was wondering, what did he end up saying to other people? How did he get a new job? Because I personally thought that we should have pressed charges on him when he um, got let go, but whatever. So here's what happened. So I used to work at a hotel and, um, not the hotel that I'm working at right now, but I used to work at a different hotel and the, I was the manager and there was the, there was a staff obviously. And I had like two assistant managers. What something happened to the overnight shift where somebody, I think somebody quit or something like that. We couldn't find anybody to work the overnight shift. And so one of the assistant managers was like, Hey, Shana, like, I actually don't mind doing it. So like, definitely put me on overnight for however long you need me to. Um, and I was like, you know what? That would work um, because we were needing an overnight manager. And so we had him working overnight for like um, a month. Like it was like a, a bit before we could find an actual like somebody to, to work overnight. Because um, you can't just have anybody working overnight at a hotel. Like, you know, so you have to like really go through as many people as possible until you find somebody that you trust. Um, so it was like a, that situation. So... It was going good because um, sometimes he would work double shifts and um, like he would work the evening shift and the overnight shift and then I would get in in the morning and I would relieve him from his shift. Um, and I think he was working like four days a week instead of five. Um, and that was it. And I was honestly like in heaven because when I would get in, like every everybody at the hotel or at the front desk would have like a checklist, right? So like the, the agents would have a checklist, the, the reservation team would have a checklist and the managers and assistant front office managers, whatever. Everybody had a checklist. I would get in and he would like hand me my checklist and he would have already done like half of it. You know, he would do the things that I, that weren't like, um, that didn't need to be done at a certain time of my day. And he would like hand it to me and be like, I started your checklist for you. And I was like, oh my God, like, thank you. So for weeks, this went on, like, and I didn't even think, like, why is he being so helpful? Like, it was just like, you know, as a team, you expect, like, teamwork and stuff like that. So I, I wasn't even like, why is he doing my checklist for me? You know what I mean? I was like, man, thank you so much. Like, you're great. Like, boom, have a good day. And like, he would leave. So one day I get in and um, I get called to, like, my boss's, well, my boss's boss office. And it was like all of us in there. And like, my boss's boss, you know, was like, we're going to call this guy um, who was doing my checklist for me. We're going to call him um, uh, Sam, Sammy. So boss was like, hey, like Shana, did you know that Sammy was doing your, um, this this particular step on the checklist was called, um, oh, like the no-shows. He was like, did you know that Sammy was doing the no-shows for you? And basically what the no-show is, is like, you know, when you don't show up at a hotel they'll still charge you because you didn't show up. And so basically on my checklist, it was my job to go through and wait, what? I can't remember if it was either the no shows or the refund portion, but um, 
it, it was two two parts. You would have to go through and charge people for no showing. And then like, let's say for, for some reason we were going to like um, refund somebody for something, you know, typically it would be like a no show. Like you get charged for not showing up. You call the hotel. You say like, hey, like, can you please like not charge me? Like my cat died or something like that. Like, by the way, like you can do that at a hotel. Like they'll, I mean, I would pretty much like, if I didn't feel like arguing with somebody because people would be like, it's my money and you guys, yeah, the flight got canceled and you can't charge me. Like they would argue. And so if I didn't feel like arguing with somebody, I'd be like, yeah, we'll, we'll refund you. We'll wait for you. No problem. No problem. So it was like that. So refunding people's cards. Um, so Sammy was taking care of that for me. Um, and so, so again, my boss's boss was like, Hey, did you know Sammy was doing this? And I was like, oh yeah, he always does this for me. Like literally every day he does like pretty much half my checklist. And they were like, well, um, instead of refunding the guest cards, he's actually been refunding his own card. And um, he's been doing this the whole time he's been working overnight. And I'm floored, like mouth was on the floor, eyes were wide open, like fuck. You know, because... It kind of looks like, I, I I don't think, I didn't like get talked to like, you know, like that. But at that point I was like, it kind of seems or feels like this is like, I had something to do with it. I didn't know what the hell they were about to say. Well, they were like, yeah, he's been um, refunding himself. And like, he's been doing this for weeks and no one noticed until recently. Like a guest was like, hey, y'all said you were going to refund me and I never saw the refund. Like, what's going on? And so we had accounting look into it. And um, it was like this whole investigation that was going on for for a few days before I even got involved. Like, none of us knew what was happening. This went to, like, the corporate office. And turns out that he refunded himself $12,000 worth of people's um, money. And so imagine how long he was doing this for. If he had every single night, you probably would have on average, God, I don't even know, like, we, you know, hotels don't try to refund people a lot. So you probably had like a few hundred dollars, like maybe a thousand like here or there. Um, but yeah, stupid as hell. He was, instead of refunding the guest, he would be putting the money back on his card. And <clears throat> nobody was catching it. The front desk didn't catch it when we were doing our own, like, you know, checking for errors and stuff. Accounting at the hotel didn't catch it. Like, nobody caught it until one guest was like, hey, where's my refund? And we're going over all the paperwork. that They have all the paperwork and they're just like, you know, yeah, and on this day and this day, and you can see like $300 here, $200 here, like little hundreds of dollars just being put on his, on the same card. You could see the last four, you could see it was on the same card and they had to figure out whose card it was. And they ultimately found out that this card was under Sammy's name. So, by the way, when I got into work, like, they had already, like, gotten rid of Sammy. So I did, I never saw Sammy again. Um, and they were like, yeah, we are gonna, they were like, I was like, so what are we gonna do? Like, I was, I took that so personal because, you know, this is, like, my team. This is, I'm responsible for everybody's checklist at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So, and, and not only was it everybody's checklist, this was actually my checklist, you know? So I was like... I wanted answers. I wanted, like, I wanted his head. I was so pissed off. They told me that they're not going to press charges because he gave all the money back. 
And I was like, so you need to tell me that he can go on and he he, he wasn't rehirable, obviously. Um, but like, they just weren't going to press charges. So this guy got off scotch fucking free. He stole $12,000, got away with it for weeks. And you know what's crazy? Is that... <clears throat> This I used to have to have multiple conversations with this with this guy about his appearance because um actually when the first day of his inter- his interview actually he showed up to the interview and his shoes were um like hella beat like just hella beat up and I really liked his energy I liked his personality he had great experience and everything but like I just got the feeling that we were going to have some issues with his appearance based on those shoes. Um, because who shows up to an interview with like shoes looking like that? Like you, I, they were, they were bad, right? They were business casual shoes and they were just like all beat up. And so um, when I hired him, I was like, Hey, like totally love, um, you know, welcome to the team, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to need you to go ahead and just, you know, this is our dress code, uh, this is what, what it says. And, you know, we, we always want to make sure that we look our best for our guests and everything like that. So had to talk to him, like literally when I offered him the job about his shoes and he's like, oh my God, like, yeah, you know, definitely we'll get new shoes. And he did. Um, but then he would like come to work in his, like his jacket would be wrinkled. Um, he wouldn't have like creases in his pants and we would pay for dry cleaning. So we were like, why aren't you getting like, why don't you have creases in your pants? They look they look like you just took them out the dryer when actually it should look like you just got them out the dry cleaner or whatever. So we would be kind of like, what the hell is he like he would look we we would think that he would be like balling his his suit up after work and just like throwing it in the backseat of his car and then like just putting it back on when it was ready. Like I, there's no way that dude could have possibly like been dry clean dry cleaning his um stuff. But whenever um whenever he was stealing the money and we didn't know about it, he would come in with Starbucks for everybody. Like, and this is like, you know, we had a Starbucks in the hotel, but they would not give us free stuff. So like, he was paying for this. Um, he was like, everybody, I got, well, like a few people, like, you know, I got you Starbucks and he would walk in and, you know, he would have like, always have his hair cut. Like he just looked a hundred percent better during these last few weeks that he worked at the hotel. And it's obviously because he had extra money and I, you know, what people choose to do with their paychecks is, is their business. Like obviously he was on a budget and getting dry cleaning, um, or taking the time. I don't know why he wasn't like looking right sometimes, but he just wasn't. But during this time you could tell he had like a little pep in his step. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, he was just in just such a better mood. And like, anyway, the point is that, so we're all like, this is like front desk gossip, right? We're, we're all into this conversation. And so everybody was like, did you notice that he was like buying a Starbucks and stuff like that? And like his whole attitude and mood was changed. And he was like, just better. And point is that he was doing all this, you know, he was like thousands of dollars richer and like no one freaking noticed. So Yeah. That story lives rip free in my head from time to time. I think about it and I just wonder how in the hell did we let Sammy steal $12,000 from us and we just right under our nose, right under our nose. All right, guys, it is now time for this week's hot dog topic. Hot dog topics is current events, but make it relatable and make it about dogs. So, um, this past week we all discovered uh, at first it was like a secret video that I don't think um, we were just like all like whoa what's happening here 
Um, Auntie Mimi Leaks was spotted in the club. She was with um, some bald man child. He had a full beard. He's like a salt and pepper beard. Um, and we were like, who is this man? Because your, your husband just died. And who are you dancing with? And um, we were all, well, many people were shocked. And, you know, how dare she be all up on this man when just a few months ago, she was just crying and and hated life because her her husband died, right? R.I.P. Greg Leaks. And um, listen, I, I didn't say that. I'm just letting you know this is what people were saying. I didn't say that. Um, and if, here's a few, a, few, a few reasons why. First of all, um, Greg Leaks had been sick for a very, very long time, right? Um... Like, who knows how, like, we are probably just seeing this, this man, you know, this, uh, maybe it's her boyfriend, her friend, whatever. We're just seeing him, but we don't know how long they've actually been a thing. Um, and now they're just like all of a sudden public, right? Um, like Greg Leakes was on his deathbed. He was like fighting for his life. And, you know, they were obviously very, um, transparent with us and, and like, kept us very involved in what was going on with, with his health. But, you know, I'm pretty sure they didn't give us all the details because first of all, they don't owe those to us. And, um, you know, more importantly, it's just like, it's a very private part of their, their lives and their marriage. And, you know, it's, it's not really our business, but, um, given that they're, you know, Nini is, is like, she has a platform that she has for like literally having her whole life on TV. You know, we kind of expect these things from her. So I personally think that, um, I think that we just don't know how long this, this has been a thing. Um, but also like, I know people were saying, um, like they were kind of like judging her almost because it was like, man, you were just like, are you even, are you, did you even finish grieving yet? Are you even done mourning yet? So here's the thing. Like, I am actually very happy for auntie. I'm really happy for her. Um, when you really think about it, why would you want to see someone in pain? Why would you want to see someone like just down bad, sad all the damn time, you know, crying every everywhere? Um, I don't think that's what Greg would have wanted for her. Um, I don't think that's what her family, her son wants for her. You know, I don't want that for anybody. I would wish that on anyone. Um, I remember and if you guys are like close friends and family of mine, um, who are listening when me and my ex husband broke up for the, well, uh, we separated for the first time we separated for like nine months. And if you remember, I was a wreck. I was a mess. Um, I was literally like lived under a rock. Um, I didn't come out of the house unless I have to. I didn't speak to anyone unless I had to. I honestly didn't even go to work unless I had to. Um, and that basically, I just mean that I was, I was missing a lot of work until I was like, I need to pay my bills. Um, so I was a wreck and I just thinking back, um, on that time and how long it took me, like, like I said, we were separated for nine months. I was a wreck for nine months. Like, severely depressed, um, just in so much pain, so hurt. And, you know, we all deal with, um, things differently, but that's how I handled it, you know? So I kind of not obviously, you know, he didn't die or anything, but, you know, 
he wasn't there. And that was very sad for me. And it was very, uh, you know, it took me a while to um, learn how to function. I definitely wasn't in the club dancing with nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like my friends had to drag me out of the house. So I'm just, I look at it like that way. I think that, you know, she just went through something very, very painful. We, you know, I will never know how that feels. I pray to God that I never have to deal with that. You know, having to see your husband at his absolute worst on his deathbed, dealing with um, cancer and then watching him die like that could not have been easy for her. And we don't know how we'll deal with things until it happens to us and we have to deal with them based on how we feel. And if that's how she is moving right now, then that's how she's moving. I think that, um, and uh, hold on. Also, she has been, just, just think about what her mental state has been for these past few years. I know like Greg was, he has been really sick um, in the past and then he got better, right? The cancer went away and then he got really sick again. Like this is a roller coaster that Nini's on. She has just been like, and then they got like divorced at one point and they got back together. Like she has been through so much, um, in this relationship that just imagine what her mental state is. You know, I, I don't know, you know, how happy she is, but just imagine, um, the effect that this had on her happiness, um, having to deal with her divorce and then, you know, being without him and then, you know, getting back together and then finding out that he has cancer and it went away and it came back. Like all of this is, you know, she's not a robot. So I think she's just, just dealing with it the best she can. And again, I'm happy for her. I, I think that anytime that you can come out of a situation and be smiling and be dancing and, you know, just obviously looking like you're you're doing fine. Um, that's a win. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's a win. I'm I'm happy for her. Um, hmm. yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. So, of course, you guys, this would not be hot dog topics if I did not make this about dogs in some way. So, I um, so I I want to talk about this with Luke. So we all we we were just talking about Nene Leaks, right? She she um we we were we we wondered how long is is too long to um to to mourn some um what does that look like for 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 us um and i kind of thought about a dog's attention span um with many things you know um you know at, at like if if at childbirth uh, a mom dog mom dog <laughs> loses her one of her puppies you know she th that can really affect people or excuse me <laughs> that can really affect dogs just the same way as it does people um they i i know um i've never dealt with like a one of my dogs dogs getting pregnant and losing one of their their puppies but i have dealt with like i used to have this set of dogs that were like um sisters and they unfortunately got um split up and we, we, we lost one of the sisters and the, they were like, Oh my God, how old were Lonnie and Akina? I think they were like maybe six or seven ish. So they'd been with each other since, you know, they were puppies and they were just like inseparable. Like, you know, they were just best friends, obviously. So whenever Akina got separated from Lonnie, um, Lonnie, you guys got so depressed like you could just see the change. Like she was, Lonnie was always like the upbeat one, like the happy one. Um, and Akina was more of the like, 
I can't be bothered. We always called her the princess because Akina didn't really like anybody, but my mom, that's weird. But um, Lonnie's whole demeanor just like shifted once she realized that Akina wasn't coming back, you know? And we would just like, how do you, how do you console a dog? You know what I mean? It was just, it was terrible. Um, so on one hand, I do think that dogs have like that memory of like, damn, like, where's my sister? But, you know, they also say that like dogs and babies, they have like a super, um, short, short term memory attention span. <laughs> um, like for example, they say you, you shouldn't, um, really, you can't really discipline a dog like for something that they did yesterday because they're not going to remember what they did yesterday, right? You can't really dis discipline a, a toddler for something that they did an hour ago because they're not going to remember what they did an hour ago. You know what I mean? So I go through this with Luke um, the most when we are on a walk. You guys, Luke is the sweetest dog. If you've ever been in my apartment, if you've ever spent time with Luke, you know that Luke is very well trained. He is a, such a good boy. He literally like does not give me any problems, but it all changes when we get outside. When we get outside, Luke turns into a wild child and he acts like he's just never been outside before. And obviously he's always on a leash, but like dude will just like dart off running. He like gets these bursts of energy and he just like cannot control his like him himself sometimes. He just can't. Um, and so we were on a walk and whenever we're on a walk, very similar to driving, you always look like, you know, a few cars ahead. Whenever I'm on a, a walk with Luke, I always look like, you know, a few steps ahead and I see what's in front of us because if if Luke sees something, he's going to go up to it and smell it. Um, it could be anything. Like It could be anything. It could be like another dog's poop. It could be um, like a, a dead bird. Like he will run up to whatever he sees and like sniff it, try to pick it up. Um, he does this like if, if there's a pen on the ground, he'll pick up the pen. And I, I don't like when he does that. So I'll have to just always be looking ahead to see what's in front of us. And, you know, there's jerseys, there's a lot of trash on the ground over here. Um, there's so there's a lot for me to, to like look, look through and just make sure that he doesn't go up to it and kind of like pull him before he darts that way. So I'll be able to do this with like a pen. If he sees it on the ground, he'll try to pick it up. Um, I let him pick up sticks. He likes to walk with sticks in his mouth and it's like hilarious. Um, sometimes he'll... Like if we're going on a walk, sometimes he'll try to take his toy with him. And like one day I didn't notice that he had his donut in his mouth and he carried his donut in his mouth the whole walk. And I didn't notice until like we were halfway there. So whatever. So he he likes to do this kind of stuff, right? Um, But when he picks up something that he's not supposed to pick up, I get so mad because like, you know, it could be anything like the it's so dirty out there and I just don't want him to, you know, catch anything or like, you know, get sick or, or anything like that. So I just really don't like when he picks up these foreign damn objects. So I get mad at him, but then I also get mad at myself because I'm like, damn, how did you not see that? And so the other day, um, we were on a walk and he, I didn't, it kind of like was blending in with the concrete. I don't even know what it was that he picked up, but he like ran over to it and he like picked it up and I saw him dart off and he, I saw something like on like on the side, like coming from his mouth. And I'm like, look, what is that? What do you have in your mouth? And I was like, give me that. And so I, I took it and I like threw it and I was so pissed off. And I was like, Luke, don't do that. 
And for the whole like rest of the walk, I was like still pissed off because I was just thinking about like, damn, anything could have happened. That could have been like a sharp nail. That could have been anything, you know? And he just like picked it up, just didn't care. He just does that. And I just, once we got home, I was still mad, but I had to remind myself like, he does not know why you're mad. You know, he, he was having fun. He was just like prancing down the street and picked up something and like, you know, started walking away with it. Like he does not know why I'm mad. So I just have to, I I have to pick my battles with, with Luke there. And I have to just like chill when I'm pissed like that. And like, kind of, I get kind of quiet. What I'll do is I'll get like really quiet. Um, and then I'll like have have that talk with myself. Like, girl, he doesn't even know like what, what you're even pissed about. So don't be mad at him because it's not worth it, you know? And I have to have that, that come to Jesus with myself. And then I eventually like, he'll probably do something cute or like do something silly and I, I'll forget about it. But yeah, it's very, it it's a thing. It's a thing. Dogs have, um, that like short term memory, um, issue where they don't remember things that happened just moments ago. Um, and they're not going to, you know, remember, or know what you're talking about if you try to discipline them. Um, so yeah, how long is too long for someone to be mourning their spouse? Really just depends. Really just not sure. I think we should just give Nene Leak some grace um, and recognize that she's doing the best she can with what she has. And, you know, definitely after just losing her husband. Um, and how long is too long to be mad at your dog for something that I did recently? Um, well, Google says that, um, a dog might have short-term memory span of two minutes and under, but usually they store useful information for, from a repetition of events, such as visiting a certain place all the time, interacting with a specific group of people frequently. So the short-term memory span is two minutes or less. And I think that's true, especially with my case, um, and Luke, going on a walk and picking up like random things because that's not something that happens often. So it's not like I can discipline him for something like repetitiously because it's not happening that many times on a walk, you know, it just happens like every so often. So that makes perfect sense. And I think that it's just totally not fair for um, me or anyone really to discipline their dog for something that they don't really know better. Um, especially if it doesn't happen often. And, you know, also, I totally understand, though, at the same time, disciplining a dog for something they, they know better. Like, if I walked in my apartment one day and Luke was just like... Actually, no, one day I walked into my apartment and um, I accidentally left my bathroom door open and he had gone and opened up... Well, I had a shoebox open and he took all the tissue paper out the shoebox and he, like, tore it up and, like, it was everywhere. And... I feel like he knows better because he knows not to be going to the bathroom. Like he's never allowed in the bathroom. So he obviously took advantage of that because I was gone. So things like that, I think, of course, they're going to know that they did something wrong. But something like picking up an object from the ground outside. I just have to get over it. All right, guys, so before we get into my weekly confession, I do want to let you know how you can support and keep up with us during the week. So if you have any questions or you want to share your opinion with the podcast, email us at hello at singledogmom.com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at thesingledogmom. Visit our website, blog, and shop, www.singledogmom.com. And if you're listening right now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do me a quick favor and tap that five-star rating if you love the show.
So we are going to jump back into the conversation that um, we are having this season. Um, if you're new here, uh, welcome. We're talking about marriage and everything that um, happened, at least for me personally, that I feel um, ultimately led to my divorce and, you know, us kind of just um, um, not being connected and, and or you know, stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so last week we talked about why I got married. And um, today and for the next three weeks, we'll be talking about um, one of the things that I think played a big part in the relationship, which is change. So um, when I talk about change, I talk about like, you know, well, first of all, when I think about change, I, I get really happy. Like I enjoy seeing growth in myself. That's, that's the way that I think of change. It's like, you know, I used to handle situations this way, but now that I've grown, I've learned, you know, I've changed and now I handle situations this way. I, um, celebrate that when it happens to me, I celebrate it when it happens to other people. I think that if you're not changing and if you're not growing, you're not doing something right. So I've always been the type to be like, yeah, like I, I, I operate a little different now, you know, in my relationship, um, back then when we got together, I was 21 years old. So, um, obviously when you are 21, you know, you're, you're just learning things, you know, I, I experienced a lot of firsts. I bought my first car. That was, you know, something that I'd never done before. And then when I went on to buy my second car, I knew how to do it because, you know, I did it the first time. I had done it a lot differently the second time around. Um, things like that, right? Um, as I got older, I changed. Now, in my relationship, I feel that um, when I changed it, it wasn't really celebrated by him um, the way that I would, you know, the way that I just described it. Um, it was kind of like, uh, damn, you've changed. And I don't think that's fair. Um, you know, sometimes change isn't always good, but in some of the ways that I was changing, I think that it was actually pretty great. Uh, I'll give a quick example. Um, the point is, you know, here not to like give all these specific details into my relationship. Um, I'm just saying like, these are some of the things that happened um, and led to our divorce. And so, but really quickly, one of the things that I really remember is, um, you know, when we met, when I moved to Dallas, I did not know anyone, you know, it was just me and my sister and, you know, my friends were my coworkers. Um, I was a homebody, not by choice. I was a homebody because I didn't have any damn friends. Um, and, you know, obviously I spent a lot of time with him because like he was my only friend um, at that time. And then, you know, as, as the years went on, as time went on, I started to make friends and I started to like, you know, he was able to see me in that element. He was able to be like, you know, because at first it was just, he was only used to seeing me around him and like his family and his friends. But when I started to get my own friends, I started to, yeah, I guess maybe like, I'm not sure that I was acting differently, but I just think that he was not used to seeing me interact with my friends. And so it was like, damn, you've changed. I remember like, it would, it would be like, wow, like, you act so different when you get around your friends. Um, <clears throat> or I remember like, you know, when you used to never even like, you know, want to leave the house and you used to like always like want to hang out with me in the house and stuff like that. And it's like, <sighs> yeah, I guess like I did, like we would spend a lot of time together in the house, but like 
If you know me, I am not a homebody. Like I, I appreciate being in the house. I love a good like, and I love my my own space as well. So I love, you know, relaxing in my bed. I love like hanging out on the couch by myself. I love my apartment. Like I just love it here. Um, but if I had to choose, like you know, I'm gonna stay home and chill, or I'm gonna go out and go to brunch. I'm going to brunch. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be out the house. I'm outside. So, um, I think that kind of whenever he would see me do something differently than the way that I did it when we first got together, I would always be held accountable for the way that I did it when we first got together in which, like I said, you know, didn't have any friends, didn't really know anyone, didn't know my way around Dallas, didn't know where to go. Um, you know, all these different things. And so, yeah, when I started to get friends and um, I started to go out, and it was like, I, I think like viewed as a bad thing. Like, damn, you've changed. You used to not do this. Like, you know, you've changed. And I'm like, and also too, um, I would be going out with him too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying that I was doing all this stuff like by myself or like exploring the city by myself. Like he and I were very much like the couple who used to like to be out and like do stuff together. But I think of the two of us, I was definitely the more like one to want to be out like all the time. And he was definitely more like a, a homebody kind of person. So um, yeah. So yeah, it was that. And it, it, it I think it just took a huge toll um, because I am unapologetically me. Like, um, yeah, I have changed. Yeah, I sure have. And yep, I'm gonna, I want to go outside. I like, I don't want to be in the house every single weekend all the time. Like I, I, I don't, you know? So I was very like unapologetic about it. And I was like, yep, either get, get with it. Like in, in a marriage and in relationships in general, you know, you kind of, um, bend, you kind of, um, you compromise. And I feel like I would be like, all right, so like, let's sit in the house. We're in the house. You know, we have the same interest in like some TV shows. We watch TV shows. Um, but also like, I think there was, there just had to be a fair share of, um, of, of that compromise to where it's like, okay, we were in the house last weekend. This weekend we outside, you know? And if you're not going to be outside with me, it's cool. I'll go out with my friends. Like it's totally fine. Um, and I just don't think that <clears throat> it's healthy. I don't think that it is, um, uh, reasonable to expect someone to be like that same one way, <laughs> the entire, the entire relationship. A few examples. Um, you know, when you run into somebody from high school. And you like may say to them, girl, you have not changed. Or they may say to you, girl, look at you. You still look say like you, you have not changed. Like that is one thing that is, in my opinion, that's a compliment. Like, you know, I, I think in, in my core, if somebody sees me and recognizes that, recognizes that I like still give off the same, like, you know, whatever, like they liked about me in high school. And I still kind of like they still see some of that in me. I think that's great. I think that's so cool. And I, I think that's a compliment. Um, clothes. Um, you know, back then in what, 2010, 2011, I wore <laughs> completely different clothes in the way that I dress now. Um, 
So I've changed in, in that regard. And I think that's great too, because I think that my fashion has gotten a lot better. Um, but obviously 10 years from now when I'm in my forties, my fashion and my, my, the way that I dress will be a lot different than like those changes are expected. And I think that, um, and I, and I, I'm saying that I'm not talking about those changes. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm talking about, um, like he never had a problem with the way I dressed or anything like that. You know, I'm talking about the things that like happened that I can't, I can't really control that I changed. And, um, you know, unfortunately I, I do think that they were just kind of like held against me and, um, you know, I just didn't like it. Um, that's not the only thing, of course, like I said, there's going to be three episodes where I talk about change. That is just one example that I wanted to give. And one of the reasons that I think, um, it, you know, it just didn't really sit well with me and we could never really agree on, on those things that changed. Tune in next week, um, on episode three, where we talk about more change. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>